The text for our meditation is the Gospel reading from John chapter 6 that you heard Betty read a few minutes ago. I will just share with you just a couple of verses from that once again. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said, where should we buy bread for these people to eat? A little bit later, Andrew says, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? And Jesus took the loaves gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. On the basis of these words of Scripture and in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through whom we are blessed abundantly, my sisters and brothers in faith. Have you ever... <clears throat> started work on a project of some sort, whatever it is that might interest you. You have this big project in mind, and you start work on it, and it's not long before you realize you don't have all the pieces or parts that you need. Or maybe you don't have enough money to see it through. Or maybe it's time. Maybe there just isn't going to be enough time to do what you want in the way you want it to be done. Or maybe, maybe you simply don't have the energy to carry it through. And then someone offers you a word of encouragement. Someone offers you just the item or things that you need. Someone offers you a helping hand. And all of a sudden, what seemed impossible, what seemed out of your grasp, now is able to be done, is accomplished, and maybe even done even better than you thought at the beginning. We often find ourselves getting discouraged because the challenge that comes to us, that lies ahead of us, seems impossible. Hard to imagine that we can actually do it. I mean, one very simple example in my life that I, I always think about when I'm talking to young people about colleges, I remember the beginning of many semesters in college where you, in one of the first couple days of class, you go to each class and each professor lays out for you all the requirements and you look at all this and you go, how am I ever possibly going to get all of this done on time? Well, if you've ever had that feeling, then you kind of know what the disciples were feeling. In this story that, very interestingly, 
takes place or is found in all four of the Gospels. That's not true of many of the stories. Of course, the passion and resurrection of Christ are in all four, but a lot of the other stories aren't. And this one's in all four Gospels. And so I looked at all four to see the little variations that they had. And here is Jesus saying, we've got all these people here and we need to feed them. And the disciples make suggestions like, send them away. That's a good idea. Or send them to the local villages and they can buy food. I can't help picturing 5,000 people lined up at the local 7-Eleven. They even protest. What do you mean? Us? It would cost the equivalent of, in those days, eight months' wages to buy bread for this many people. We can't do that. And then there's Andrew. While the others have been coming up with ideas and protesting and making excuses, Andrew at least was kind of apparently surveying the crowd. And he came upon this boy whose mother had packed him a sack lunch. And, and he brings the boy forward. But notice, at, he's at skeptical at best. He says, oh, I don't know how far this is going to go, but here it is for what it's worth. And Jesus says, give me what you have. Bring them here to me. And he takes them and he gives thanks for them and then he distributes them. And everybody has more than enough because the text tells us there's 12 baskets of leftovers. Scripture is filled with stories like these. A couple examples. Children of Israel in the wilderness. And I really like Nehemiah's description. Nehemiah is uh, talking to the people of his day, hundreds of years after this event, and he's talking to them about how God has provided for his people. And one of the examples, he says, for 40 years, God sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, nor did their feet become swollen. God took care of them. Another great story is Elijah the prophet and the widow of Zarephath. Elijah is kind of on the lamb, and he needs a place to stay, and he needs something to eat. And he asks her, and she says, I, I, I'm sorry, sir, but I can't. She said, I've got this little bit of oil left and this little bit of flour, and I'm going to make my last loaf of bread. And after my son and I eat that, we'll probably starve. And Elijah says, go ahead, do it. And it became enough to feed the three of them for several years. Or Jesus talks about another widow. 
unnamed in the scripture. She drops in a couple of tiny coins in the collection plate. And Jesus says, she's given more than the people who gave all the huge amounts because she gave it, gave all she had. She gave it, obviously, trusting that God was going to take care of her. And we have to look at the disciples because they look kind of bad in the gospel. So in Acts, with great power, the apostles continued to testify. God's grace was powerfully at work in them all. And what about in our lives? How God has blessed us. How God has given us, as John says, grace upon grace. How he has, through his son Jesus Christ, given us the assurance of forgiveness and salvation and life eternal given us the intellect we have, the abilities we have, the skills that we have, provides for us in so many ways, sends us his Holy Spirit to continue to strengthen us in our faith, to watch over us, to lead and guide us, given us the assurance of his presence, in the supper that we'll share in in a few minutes, continues to pour his gifts upon us day by day. And now he says to us, I need you to give bread to the hungry crowd. Are we, are we like the disciples? Do we have excuses and protests? Do we see the work of the church as impossible? Is it out of our grasp? Jesus says, bring me what you have. Give me what you can. For what may seem impossible to you is possible with God. In 1938, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt was meeting with a group of people as they planned a yearly um, drive to raise funds to combat Polio, a disease many of you know that the president was a victim of. As they gathered in 1938 and talked about it, they, they said they needed something new. They needed to do something new that people weren't really giving. They weren't that interested in it. And one of the people at the meeting was a comedian and singer that those of you who are as old as I am might recognize a man named Eddie Cantor. 
and he came up with the idea of asking people to give a dime. It's how the March of Dimes was created. And the tagline for the campaign was, everybody can send in a dime, or maybe several dimes. And it only takes 10 dimes to make a dollar. And their goal in one month was to raise $100,000. That would mean one million people had to send in a dime. By the end of that month, they had taken in $268,000, most of it in dimes the equivalent today of four and a half million dollars. God can take a little bit that each of us gives, that we give together, and make it work abundantly. He did that with five little dinner rolls and two sardines. He fed 5,000. No, he didn't. It says in the text it was 5,000 men. Maybe it was 10,000. Maybe it was 15,000. We don't know. And they all had enough. In 1959, eight people decided that the western suburb of Lyle needed its own Lutheran church. 1959. Today, that church is on four sites and has an official membership very interestingly, I asked Pastor Nick, and he gave me a figure, and it happens to be 1,308 people. <laughs> However, some 2,000 others have attended church in the past year at one of those four sites. And altogether, this church has ministered to over 5,000 people in the last year. God is able to take what we can give and use it to feed the hungry crowds, to take his word to the world. This church not only ministers in those four sites, but in the communities that surround those four sites, and then out to the entire world. God takes what we give and blesses it abundantly. A few years ago, the theme of the stewardship campaign was immeasurably more, and it fits so well. It really says 
what God does. Read that with me, will you? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Today, we're asking you to turn in your commitment cards or do so in the near future. We're asking you to give as you've been blessed, to give as you are able, to give what you can. And then sit back and watch what God can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Such giving like the widow's is a matter of faith. It's trusting that God keeps his promises. And now we stand and say together who our trust is in, who our faith is in, as we join together in the words of the Apostles' Creed.